This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. And they jump on the football. The Dolphins jump on it, but the Chiefs are going to win this game. Brian Cook on a blitz, forcing a bad snap. We knew it was going to be a four-quarter game, but we're staying, staying disciplined, staying field score, and we were able to get the win. 1065 The Wolf in Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Their win in Germany over the Miami Dolphins. This is on Sportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Think about the AFC for a second. We have Kansas City doing what they do, winning big games, right? They're 7-2 and two on the season. They have a bye, and then they have the Eagles in a Super Bowl rematch. Unbelievable showdown coming up right here on ESPN on the family of networks, ESPN and ABC, in a couple of weeks on the 20th, okay? They're 7-2. and two. Baltimore goes out there and annihilates Seattle yesterday, just destroys them and is beaten up on everyone, right? Buffalo last night goes down. Who, who do they go down to? The Bengals, who are now back in the playoff mix at 5-3. and CC has put a doll, dollar in the bad take jar for writing them off. That, yes. Now, you did it when Burrow was hurt. He's no longer hurt, and they look really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Jaguars didn't play this week. They're really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mike Tomlin just finds ways of always winning. And, oh, by the way, Chris Canty has told you that the Browns' defense is basically better than anybody else in the league on the defensive side of the ball. The AFC playoff picture is utterly ridiculous right now. Yeah, and here's the thing about the Browns defense. The three lowest yardage outputs for offenses in the NFL, the Browns defense was on the other side of it. Mm. That, that's how good Cleveland's defense is. They're the number one defense in total yards. And so, yeah, I, I buy into Cleveland Browns because of how elite that defense is. I buy into the Pittsburgh Steelers because they have Mike Tomlin. And of course, with the Bengals, it's Joe Burrow. It's it's crazy to look at the AFC North. We've already established that it's the best division in football. All you got to do is look at the records. But I think we can live in a world, Smalls, where it's realistic to think that all four of these teams could get into the postseason. If the playoffs started today, they'd all be in. Now, they all got to play each other down the stretch in the regular season, and it should make for a lot of theater once we get to the month of December. But I could see a world where all of those teams get into the postseason. And so it now becomes a question of which one do we think is capable of going on a deep playoff run. And to me, if I've got to point to the two teams that I trust the most, it has to be the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would tend to agree with that, but also – I'm not going to want to voluntarily face Mike Tomlin in a playoff game. No. I have no interest in that. Are we Even gonna... though they haven't had a lot of playoff success of Fair, with Mike Tomlin. But why would you want to see him in that? It's like it's a weird comparison, but since LeBron made it, I'll make it. It's like when LeBron is a lower seed like they were last year. Oh yeah, you don't want the you don't want that. You don't want you don't want that. You don't want yeah, right. but when you go through the lineup in that division, you could make the argument of why you don't want to see any one of these teams. No doubt. I don't want to I don't want to see Joe Burrow, especially an underdog Joe Burrow. Well, no you thanks. do want to see him, but it's not in the playoffs. We all well, want to see I have a lot of trust in Joe Burrow, so I would love to see him in the playoffs, and I think we're going to see him in the playoffs. You don't want to see that Browns defense in the playoffs. No way. You don't want to see Mike Tomlin in the playoffs. And the Baltimore Ravens, they look – are we ready to say that they're – the best team in the NFL, or at least right there, tied for first as the best team in the NFL? I don't want to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are right there. Now, I trust the Kansas City Chiefs more than the Ravens, but it's just because I've seen the Kansas City Chiefs be in the conference championship game in every single year that Pat Mahomes has been the starter, and they have a top-five defense in yards and points. It's the best defense that Pat Mahomes has ever played with. So that's why I trust the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit more but that's not based on anything where I think the Baltimore Ravens fall short at. They have an MVP-level quarterback. They have an elite defense. They've got more weapons. These are the best weapons that Lamar has ever had. So why, 
and they have coaching. a Super Bowl winning coach. So why shouldn't I buy into the Ravens being able to be in the championship rounds when it comes to the AFC playoff picture? I buy into that. And because they have a two-game lead in the win column over everybody else in their division, they're going to have the inside track to being able to host a home playoff game and potentially flirt with being the number one seed. Now, I don't think that they'll they'll get the ladder. I think that'll belong to the Chiefs. But if you're looking at the teams in the AFC North that have a chance to go on a deep playoff front, you have to give Baltimore the nod because you know that at least one of those games is going to be at M&T Bank Stadium. Yeah. Smalls, I'll re-ask your question back to you this way. Okay. If we take out the two Super Bowl teams from a year ago, the two teams that we all think are the best teams right now, based well, they are, based on record. So if we take out Kansas City and Philadelphia, who's three? Do you think it's Baltimore? That's really the question, right? If you're looking at I those two. I think it two, is Baltimore. Right so now Baltimore's it's Baltimore. Three. Do we have any uh, dissension in the ranks here? Do we, does anyone not want to pick Baltimore? Hey, and, say, and if I'll not say, Baltimore, I'll say, who? I'll say this. The way the Bengals are playing Listen, right I now. Listen, I want to pick the Bengals. The, the way that they are I playing right now, them. that is a scary, scary team. But based on record, Baltimore. But, but, but based, on, based on record, I get it. But if you had to line up and play a game today and pick oh. a winner, like Cincinnati is scary. The only question I have about Cincinnati is because they have no margin for error, because their playoffs have essentially started already, can they stay this hot for that long? Can they play this well? They've won four straight games, right? Three against teams with winning records. Can they play this way for the next two months on their way into the postseason? That's a long time to stay hot in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that they can't do it because I'm not going to sit here and talk about what Joe Burrow can't do. I left them for dead when they were one and three. I wrote them off, and Joe Burrow apparently challenged General Smith. Didn't write back. Okay, great. I was wrong about that. They're going to have something to say about the playoff picture. I just don't know if they're going to go on a championship run because you have to be so good for so long without any opportunities for slip-ups. I guess my question about the Bengals is, based on the way that they're playing now, is there anyone in the NFL that you think they cannot beat? No, they could beat anyone. They can beat anyone. That, so that's but, why I'm not I'm not putting it out of the realm of possibility. And we've seen them go on runs before when they get off to slow starts. I would not be surprised if they continue this hot streak into the playoffs. But when you're that low in the in the playoff seedings, you have to beat everyone, not anyone. And that's the difference, right, is that they have to beat yep. too many people where Kansas City won't have to do that. The one th- There's two teams that I think we're leaving out of the who's number three conversation. With Jacksonville. Jackson, and they play each other this week. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville and San Francisco. Because if I told you that Trent Williams is healthy and Debo Samuel's healthy, and San Francisco is right back to of where course. they were. different of course. Team. And they, neither of those two have injuries that are season-ending. Neither no. of the two went on the IR. And they both may have been held out against the Bengals just because they had the bye week afterwards to get that extra week of rest. I mean, we talk about San, uh, Philadelphia and Kansas City as a big game in a couple weeks. San Francisco and Jacksonville is an enormous game this week and could be a Super Bowl preview in itself, theoretically. So San Francisco is the other team and Jacksonville is the other team that I would say in each conference that I would put right there in terms of that next level. If Kansas City and Philadelphia are on that top line level, if we're going to create the tiers, if we're going to put those two as one, that second level, I put Jacksonville, I put San Fran, I'm fine putting Cincinnati, and I'm fine putting Baltimore. Here's the problem, though, when we start handicapping the AFC and who's going to be in the championship rounds. Does anybody have an easier road than Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid? They play in the AFC West. Yeah. (laughs) They are going to stack some wins just by virtue of the division that they played in. Think about it. The AFC South, you got to deal with the Texans. All of a sudden now the Titans, not an easy out with Will Levis as a starting quarterback. And the Colts are feisty with Gardner Minshew. And they got a win yesterday. Oh, you got to look at the AFC North. 
All of those teams have five wins or more. AFC East, you got three teams with winning records. So, I mean, it's just if you're looking at it, Kansas City has the easiest easiest path to being able to get to the playoffs because we know that they're a lock to win their division. And that's a scary thing. <laughs> right? They got, that's got, a scary Pat thing. Mahomes, I got the easiest path in the conference. I got one of the best defenses in the conference. I, I mean, it, it's hard to bet against them. You know what else is scary is that I don't think we've seen the Chiefs' offense look the, the best that they can be so no. far this season. So that's a scary prospect, too. And I have a weird feeling there's going to be an addition somewhere. Obviously not by way of trade. The deadline has passed. But, like, somebody's going to be sprung free. Somebody's going to get released that Kansas City's going to find a way to get. I just have that weird feeling. Again, if I'm going to make that random New England – not random. The New England dynasty kind of comparison – that would always, like, oh, LeGarrette Blunt's available because he just <laughs> wanted to come back in the trade deadline path. Like, Kansas City's going to find their way to get someone, I think. Yeah. Now, here's the other part of the Kansas City win yesterday. Did they end every part of the Dolphins in terms of the hopes? Did they end the Dolphins as a Super Bowl contender? Did they end Tua as an MVP contender? Contender? Do we think they ended them yesterday? I don't know if we can say that because think about it. I mean, Tua and the Dolphins are probably going to win the AFC East. Which is now becoming a much more interesting race. And if the Jets win tonight against the Chargers, I mean, they've got to be considered in the mix to win the division too, as crazy as that sounds. But I, I don't, I'm not going to dismiss the Miami Dolphins because they could be a team that hosts a playoff game. And I think if you have that dynamic, if you have that situation, then you're going to have a chance to go on a deep playoff run because it's a huge advantage being able to host a playoff game than having to go on the road, especially a wild card weekend. So, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say they ended it, but again, it's still going to cast a lot of doubt on whether or not Miami can beat the good teams when they matter once they get in the playoffs if they can't beat those good teams in the regular season. And now we're talking about not just this year, but even going back to last year, not being able to beat good teams in primetime. And so if we do it based on Miami's schedule, right, how many bad teams – really you have to do it – how many bad teams do they play – it's how many wins they have, right? Yeah. I mean, are we going to look at the Raiders now as a bad team still? Probably, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So that I would say you... still inferior to Miami. Okay, so at the Jets, let's put that as a question mark. At the Commanders, let's give them a win. That's yep. two. Home against the Titans, win. three. Home against, let's say have them split the Jets. Okay. Okay, so that's four wins. Home against the Cowboys, you can't have mm. them win that based on what they've done so far. Yep. Although the Cowboys haven't beaten good teams. I was that's just going to say. We have them as a tie. Let's, let's, that's going to be the Ravens, battle of who's going to At the Ravens and home against the Bills. So they have, they have what we're looking at is four more, quote-unquote, guaranteed wins. Puts them at 10. No, they, that's about right. 10 and 7? That's about right. They may not that, win that, the division, that, though. That, that, that's about right. <laughs> so they'll get in, but yeah. will they do anything once they get in is Exactly. The I guess that's the bigger point. Like, yeah. how are we looking at the Dolphins? They've already gotten into the playoffs once last year, and two of missed parts of six games. So that can't be the bar for Miami this year, right? It's got to be bigger than that. It's got to be going on a deep playoff run. And how could you have any confidence that they're going to do that if they're playing against playoff caliber teams? You can't. You absolutely cannot. And again, not a narrative, a fact. The Dallas Cowboys and Miami Dolphins, CC, have not won against good teams. Not a narrative. Fact. Just fact. Look at the schedule. It's happened that way, and that's until done otherwise. You have to assume it's going to continue to be that way. Now, the Dallas Cowboys, you said added a player, right? Dallas. No, no, no. The Dallas Cowboys, uh, per the Athletic, are looking into uh, – they, they're working out Martavis Bryant, who was suspended from the NFL as a wide receiver. Um, so they are working him out. Who knows? He comes in. I mean, worth the shot. I think Kansas City should look at him. Absolutely. I mean, think about it. I mean, Martavis Bryant is a deep play threat. I mean, when we last saw him in the NFL, this is a guy that you can throw those 50-50 balls up to, go balls up to, and he's going to come down with him more, more times than not. So – 
I mean, that could be one of those additions that they have that could give them a little more juice down the stretch. And we were saying that Dak needs a little more mm-hmm. firepower on the offensive side of the ball. A couple of drops yesterday from some receivers. So we'll see what ends up happening. You know what's funny? We talk about the Cowboys, and we've mentioned this throughout the show, and people can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. We said, what is it about the last 20 years where everything kind of goes wrong at times for the Cowboys? The same person, Martavis Bryant. You put him on the Cowboys, I assume it won't work. You put him on the Chiefs, I assume it'll be Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> Seriously, that's the way my mind goes. Yeah. Is that this, You're somehow, not wrong. <laughs> no, it's somehow it's going to be a disaster with the Cowboys. Yeah. And I'm not anti-Cowboys, even though I'm coming off that way. But you put him on the Chiefs, I just assume he's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. And that's, that's the way it is. Coming up, if you've joined us over the last couple of months, we love you. We thank you for it. If you haven't, we've done something called ESPN Phone Tag. We have ESPN guests on and sports guests on. They picked the next guest. We had Mike Greenberg. Who picked Joe Buck? Joe Buck has picked John Smoltz. Smoltz will join us next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Mike Greenberg joined us. He picked our next guest should be Joe Buck. Joe, the floor is yours. Who do we need to book next? I kind of feel like he needs an ice bath, so I was going to say Taylor Swift. (laughs) Uh, But I'll take it easy on you, unless he's playing golf. Uh, I I will pick John Smoltz at the end of the World Series, I think would be a good guest, a relevant guest. If you need Smoltz, just come to me. It is on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You heard the audio there, our ESPN phone tag. We have a guest. The guest picks our next guest. Normally, it's an ESPN employee, but Joe Buck is Joe Buck, so he's allowed to do whatever he wants. And Joe Buck was kind enough to help us get our next guest. He's a Hall of Famer as part of the Fox broadcast for the World Series and all baseball. It is John Smoltz joining us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Former Cy Young Award winner, eight-time All-Star, currently 56 years old. So I ask you, John Smoltz, you'd be more successful today on the PGA Tour or in a starting rotation for a baseball team? (laughs) Uh, Well, since I cannot throw a baseball anymore, and even though if I were challenged to work my arm into shape, I'm going to say PGA. You can't, you can't throw a baseball at all? Like your arm is that battered at this point in your life? 
My shoulder is pretty much shot. I have nine anchors in there. I'm hoping to hang on and not get any more surgeries in it. So golf under the, you know, I don't have to raise my arm up to throw anything anymore. Although I do have a couple grandkids that I'm sure, um, you know, are going to want to play catch and have me <laughs> throw uh, batting practice to them. So that's about all I've got left. I, I don't even want to ever throw out another first pitch. That's how, <laughs> wow. That's how unbelievable the, I did the last one I threw out was about four years ago. I told the catcher, do not squat, stand up. The mound looked 120 feet away. And as soon as I went into my, my windup to throw the pitch, he squatted. And of course I bounced it. So that's that's the that's the if I have a reoccurring dream now that's that's the fear I have that I have to throw a pitch from the mound again. Wow! Oh my gosh! Well, to be fair, you told him not to squat, so that one's on the catcher. <laughs> yeah. Not ideal. <laughs> well, John, you, you mentioned did. how much you love golf. We know you're an excellent golfer. I'm sure you've had the opportunity to play golf with some outstanding people. So tell us who uh, a, a person of note, a celebrity that we might know, or an athlete. Who's the best person to golf with? Oh man, uh, the best to golf with. There's so many. I mean, obviously, I had my my dream like nine year period with Tiger. This doesn't get any better. I mean, anybody in the PGA you get to play with. I learned so much and saw playing with with Annika is an absolute blast. Um, as far as 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 far as the celebrities that that are not, you know, on the PGA, of course, Michael Jordan tops the list because he's as competitive as it gets and. And, um, you know, still uh, wills himself to any kind of uh, shot he wants to make or putt he wants to make. It's the most it's the most intimidating. But at the same time, you understand why he was the greatest to ever play the game. So I'm trying to get to the next level still at 56. I I have two hips have been replaced. So I feel like I've gotten 20 years younger. (laughs) Um, I'm starting to work out again for the first time. So I still have a little bit of a hope that I'm going to get my game to the, the, the best competitive level I can. But, um, but yeah, those guys that, you know, are younger and the celebrities that are younger and can bomb it, those they're still, they're not that fun to play with. (laughs) John, unlike you, I don't have injuries to blame for my poor performance on the golf course. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I do want (laughs) to ask you about Shohei Otani because we are weeks away from hot stove, and that is going to be the biggest story of the offseason in baseball. Where does Shohei Otani go? Where do you think is the best landing spot for Shohei, one of the most unique talents that the game has ever seen? Yeah, I go all the way back to probably being shocked that the Angels were the choice the first time. Um, but then you realize he's going to want to stay on the West Coast based on you know, where he's from and, and just the, um, the fact that, that that's the most conducive place for him. And, you know, all, all things point towards the Dodgers, but San Francisco, I'm sure, is not out of the picture. I don't know that it's possible that he stays with the Angels, but who knows? Maybe he does. I just think it's going to be, if, if I were, were representing or advising, I would think that a creative contract uh, you know it's going to be massive, but a creative contract now that he's had the injury to his uh, pitching arm again, maybe maybe there's two two type of contracts for one player, right? The one that plays the outf- or plays the you know the hits, and the one that when he gets back to pitching. But I think it's going to be somewhere on the West Coast. I don't see anyhow he can uh, 
be persuaded to go to the East Coast, you know, based on the time zone of where he's from and his country and, 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 and just their ability to watch. John, I just want to talk with John Smoltz, Baseball Hall of Famer on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. I want to follow up. What, what do you mean by the unconventional kind of dual contract? Can you explain what you're thinking with that? Well, well, because, you know, the one thing that people are talking about is now now that he can't pitch next year, does he still going to get paid to do both, a contract to do both, and how long can he do it? I think you get creative, and he, he's got a contract that to hit, and then he's got a contract once he can pitch. I still think his value is so great to do both that it's that's taken from him next year. Maybe it doesn't matter to teams. Maybe they think – you know, he's still going to be able to do both once his elbow's healthy for the next foreseeable future of his contract. But I think I'd be one, if I was a player, to want to be creative to give to give that kind of incentive still out there. Um, you know, I I guess maybe that, that it won't matter to teams. Maybe they're going to anticipate he's going to be able to do it for the next seven years uh, the way he's done it for the previous five. John, I also want to ask you about uh, John Harbaugh because I know you're a massive Michigan State fan, and now there's this cheating scandal that has uh, surrounded the University of Michigan football program. Your thoughts on John Harbaugh with the sign-stealing scandal that has affected and impacted everybody in the Big Ten Conference, including your Michigan State Spartans? Yeah, you know, I learned a long time ago (laughs) – we're not coming from a real good place at, at Michigan State, unfortunately. So it would be very, uh, very difficult. I think in 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 sports in general, you know, I, I just I know things happen, and there's always these kind of. I, I just wish they didn't happen. I wish that Michigan State never had the problems they've had, and and um, certainly Michigan down the road, it, it'd be very easy to pile on a team that's your rival, but. Um, that would be uh, that'd be difficult from the place that Michigan State's been dealing with. John, before we get your pick for ESPN phone tag here, so we saw a first-time winner with the Rangers. You think we'll see a first-time winner with your Lions? <laughs> you know what? Um, that is the last bucket list item for me. Wow. Uh, I'll be honest. I've been waiting a long time. Um, 56, I think I've seen one playoff win. Everybody who knows me knows I am a diehard Lions fan. We are close, and I'm not saying this is the year, but I'm saying in the next couple years, I I anticipate finding wherever the Super Bowl is, going to the game, and completing my bucket list. I've seen the Pistons win it all, the Red Wings and the Tigers person, and uh, that is from where I'm from and what we've had, you know, it's, it's the next thing. I mean, Texas took care of business. They had never won one. I think it's. I think sports is starting to chop down the organizations that have waited the longest. I'm hoping that's the case. And, uh, I mean, I might even run on the field. I don't know what I'm capable of doing if they get there and if they win. But I, I just know that, that I, I, I'm, I'm so hopeful that's going to happen in the near future. Well, John, we've had a hell of a run so far with ESPN phone tag. It started with Mike Greenberg, where he picks our next guest. He picked Joe Buck. Joe Buck picked you. Now, theoretically, the whole purpose of this initially was an ESPN teammate of ours, but Joe Buck said, screw it. I'm going to pick a teammate of mine, which we are unbelievably thankful for because we got you as a result of it. But now, John Smoltz, the floor is yours. Who is the next guest that we should book on our brand new show? I mean, he's He's one of my favorites, um, and I think he's a must just because now he's transitioning into another sport. You got to go. With, you got to get John Shambi. 
on the air. Boog! I like it. Yeah, let's get Boog. Love it. All right, we're going to get Boog on. Love it. John Shambi, Boog Shambi, who does, of course, ESPN Baseball World Series, first year as the play-by-play voice of ESPN Radio for the World Series. And, of course, does college basketball as well. Love it. So Boog Shambi is the next guest for ESPN Phone Tag. John Smoltz, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Have a good one. All right, there he is, the Hall of Famer, uh, John Smoltz, who picks Boog. Love it. Boog Shambi is our next guest. Coming up, our Monday Night Football Preview, Jets and Chargers, brought to you by Progressive Insurance, next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Monday Night Football Preview. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Tonight, we have the Chargers and the Jets. And now, all of a sudden, this matters in the AFC East for the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. They're 4-3 and three with a victory tonight, 5-3, and three, just a half game back of Miami and ahead Smalls of Buffalo, just as we all anticipated. Zach Wilson leading the way here. Yeah, of course. Isn't this what we all thought after that first game when Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into the season? That of course. We thought that the yeah. Jets would be there at 4-3 and three with a chance to actually be a threat in the division. This is what we predicted, right, CeCe? Yeah, this is exactly what we had on the bingo card. I guess my biggest question tonight is, can the Jets' offensive line protect Zach Wilson? Because that was a problem against the New York Giants, and we saw Kayvon Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence wreck the game for the New York Jets. Now, the Jets just so happened to win that game because the Giants had a third-string quarterback in Tommy DeVito that they didn't trust to throw the ball. He only had one pass attempt in a whole half of football. But that's not going to be the case going up against the Chargers and Justin Herbert, who's averaging 270 yards passing a game. They're going to have to be able to have some production on the offensive side of the ball. Now, getting Joe Tipman back and Lakin Tomlinson back healthy should help matters. But on the whole, you have to ask the question, can the Jets' pass protection hold up against Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? I have my doubts, but I do believe that the Jets' defense, with the confidence and the swag that they're playing with, will keep it close. It'll be a fourth-quarter game. I just don't know that I trust Zach Wilson and that Jets' offense to be able to make the requisite plays that it takes in order to be on the winning side of it. But do you trust them more because they're going against the worst-ranked passing defense in the league? No, you know why I trust them more? Because they're playing against a team coached by Brandon Staley. That's why I'm (laughs) picking – if we're we're keeping it a buck, 
why I'm taking the Jets and the three and a half points. I still can't believe that the Jets are home dogs in this situation. But why I'm taking the Jets and the three and a half points has everything to do with Brandon Staley and nothing to do with my confidence in the Jets offense at all. Now, I know the Jets defense is legit. Quincy Williams, not Quinnen, Quincy Williams <laughs> is playing at an all-pro level. His brother Quinnen Williams is an all-pro, and C.J. Mosley was an all-pro last year. They, they've got really, really good personnel on all three levels of their defense and sneaky good young players, Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff for the New York Jets. Bryce Huff is an absolute dog. Not a household name, but he will be after this season. This guy can get after the quarterback with the best of them. And Jermaine Johnson just keeps making game-changing plays. All you got to do is ask the Eagles offensive line because he was an absolute terror for Jalen Hurts. And then you got D.J. Reed and Sauce Gardner, those two guys back. The best quarterback tandem in the league as far as I'm concerned. This is going to be a closely contested game. And in a closely contested game, why on God's green earth would you choose a Brandon Staley coach team? Tell me, Smalls. I'm not I, exactly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to die on that hill. No way. <laughs> well, I think what's going to happen tomorrow is what Smalls said a few weeks ago, and I don't remember the exact week, but it was early in the season when Smalls asked the question, "Why doesn't Justin Herbert get the same amount of heat as everyone else?" And you kept bringing up, "Do we not forget? Remember? Excuse me." the playoff collapse he had, mm-hmm. and that they never seemed to outperform expectations. And we all kind of push it to the head coach. And you never said that you thought Herbert was bad. No. It's the same Dak Prescott kind of approach of like, wait a minute, why is all of the smoke, Josh Allen even, why is the smoke going to these guys but not this guy? And if he doesn't play well tonight, Smalls, he's going to feel it tomorrow because then they'll have lost three of four. Now, granted, Cowboys, Chiefs, and then the Jets, but I believe that Justin Herbert is going to become a target for criticism if they are to lose tonight. You think so? Yes. But how much criticism? Because, well, maybe that's the point. Not enough. Because that, that was my whole point is that they're the second team in L.A., and that's not saying much because it's not like the Rams you know, aren't having a – an away game every time they play at SoFi, you know, so many people fill that stadium. But I just think that I call it the shroud of meh. The Chargers are under the shroud of meh where, you know, and it's not their fan base's fault that it's been nomadic and, and that they're in this weird place. But I just think because we look at teams like the Buffalo Bills who have Bills Mafia and this rabid fan base that really cares and holds them accountable. And obviously the Dallas Cowboys, who we say America's team, and we know that Dallas Cowboys fans are in every corner of the USA. When they have their teams that don't live up to expectations, we hold them accountable. Yeah. But we do not do the same thing with the Chargers. And well, I think because Brandon Staley had a lot to do with that collapse, we push it all on him. Whereas if it's Josh Allen, if it's Dak Prescott, we tend to give other quarterbacks a little bit more heat than we do Justin Herbert. Well, I think the difference is the coaching, right? It has to be because you know they, they drafted Justin Herbert in – a year where their head coach was a lame duck, that being Anthony Lynn. They transitioned to Brandon Staley, who, quite frankly, based on the track record, we don't know if he can be a good head coach. We we don't know that Justin Herbert has been with a coach that can be effective when it comes to winning games in the postseason. We've seen that with Dak Prescott. He had Jason Garrett as his head coach once upon a time. Mm-hmm. They transitioned to Mike McCarthy as the head coach. Both of those guys have won playoff games. One of those guys has won a Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying Mike McCarthy is the best coach in the National Football League, but there is some proof of concept there. Like with Justin Herbert, he's had none of that. 
So I guess the question is whether or not we think the coaching is at the heart of the issues that the Chargers are facing. And after watching the last couple of years with Brandon Staley and some of the head-scratching decisions that he's made when it comes to in-game management and some of the chances that he's taken, how could you have any confidence that he he's the guy that that's going to be the answer for them winning games when it matters the most? Like That's why I have to put the lion's share of the blame on the coach over the player because we know that Justin Herbert, as great as he's shown, can't overcome some of the bonehead coaching decisions that Brandon Staley has made in the name of analytics. So that's why he gets the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. because of the optics around the coaching situation. Not just that he's had coaches that haven't proven that they can win in the playoffs, but he's had a head coach in Brandon Staley that is making some decisions coaching-wise that are hard to defend and those resulting in this team losing a lot of close games. That sounds like Aaron Rodgers to the Packers. For years, it was always somebody, and I'm not saying it was 100% Rodgers' fault, but for years it was, well, you had Mike McCarthy and he's got to win in spite of him, which I thought was crazy. Well, then well, they, they, won a, they won they a won Super Bowl. A, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. But forever, <laughs> well, and, it was Mike McCarthy blamed, and then he had a rookie coach in Matt yeah. LaFleur. So it's like there's always somebody else that is to blame. I am curious, though, who is the right person for Justin Herbert to be coached by, either by name or style? Like, when you see this kind of player out there that, for lack of a better way of saying it, feels wasted, right? Mm -hmm. The the unbelievable talent that is Justin Herbert. Is there a type of coach or a style or a person that we're looking at and say, put him there and this thing will be different? Well, let's be clear about one thing. He's playing for the Spanos family with the Chargers, so they're not going out big game hunting. They don't spend money. Like, this is one of the cheapest franchises in the NFL. So Jim Harbaugh's in like, like After the expensive offseason that they had and giving a contract to Justin Herbert, they ain't looking to give Jim Harbaugh $100 million. That ain't going to happen. So it's through the lens of who are the hot coordinators that are rising through the ranks that we think would be good coaching candidates. Ben Johnson from the, the Detroit Lions, an offensive-minded coach. You, you just had a defensive-minded coach. Hadn't gone so well. Teams usually have that knee-jerk reaction and go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Going with somebody like that, that could be a name on the list of people that you're looking for. But it'll be somebody of that ill. Just think about the young, hot offensive minds, team uh, coordinators that are on offenses that are innovative, and that's probably the direction that the Chargers are going in. What about Eric Bieniemy? You've brought that up before. That sounds really interesting to me. But but you saw Washington yesterday, despite getting totally screwed with a with a roughing the passer, which was just a sack, which was one of the worst calls you ever see in your life. You see all the Washington players, Jonathan Allen, going crazy afterwards. Defensive lineman Sam Howell's our guy. He's developing beautifully. Well, why is that? I mean, he's got the enemy. I can't I can't imagine they're going to let him walk out the door if they feel that. But I think that's a really interesting one. Plus, he knows a division inside and out. Yeah, I would just love to see that pairing. If this is our dream world, where despite Washington maybe wanting to hang on to Eric Bieniemy, if that's the case. If we could just say Justin Herbert is an unbelievable talent, I would love to see X person coach him and yeah. extract the best out of him and help further his career. I would absolutely love to see Eric Bieniemy take a talent like that and put him in a really creative scheme and give him the coaching that he needs to hopefully reach his full potential. That would be cool. That would be very juicy, especially going up against the Chiefs twice a year. By the way, uh, we have our picks from Friday. We pick oh. against the other ESPN radio shows. And uh, Carlin versus Joe, 3-0. Uh, oh. Freddie and Harry, 3-0. and oh. We went 2-1. and one. So we had a good weekend, not a great Can weekend. Can I apologize to you guys? Because y'all wanted to pick the Philadelphia Eagles. Really and I chose the Dallas Cowboys hill to die on. I will tell you this. I will never do that again. I will never, never put my faith in Dak and the Cowboys. 
because it was a gotta have it spot. And I was just like, I know the Cowboys will show up. I know they'll play well. But why? I know they'll why because did you they think had, that? because if they didn't do it, when is it ever going to happen? That was my question. It's the question. That's that the point, I and, and that's my bad. That's okay, so my we bad. Get a veto. Then I'm this a. I'm a. Pol- y'all have a veto. Okay. I apologize. I will never do that again. I'm sorry. I will never, never. You hear me? Never, America. <laughs> roll with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Not saying as a show we won't pick them, but I am not going to be involved in that pick. All right, so we get the veto this week. We haven't been told our games yet, but looking forward to being uh, to picking on Friday and whether or not we use our veto. We have to decide wisely here. Hold on really quickly. Does it yeah. carry over week to week? If we don't use it this week, yes. do we have a yes. okay. question? Yes. to know. Great over. question. Put the veto in our pocket if we need it. All right, coming up, our unsportsmanlike moment of the day slash weekend next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance along with Michelle Smolman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. With you each and every day at this time, we give out our Unsportsmanlike moment of the day or of the weekend. And today it is brought to you by Vivid Seats. Haven't been to an NFL game yet this year? What you waiting for? Vivid Seats has your back for all your ticket needs. See every tackle, every touchdown, every play live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans. That's why they offer unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, and more. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. He survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. All right, here we go, guys. We're going to start with this. This is from Jim Ursay's Twitter. (laughs) He is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, and... um, he was happy after his team beat the Panthers yesterday, dancing to Meek Mill in a way that his head is down. He's in his suit. Is he having a seizure? He's holding his head coach's well, hand. Right. And they're all in the locker room dancing and Jim Ursay dancing. That is um, fascinating. It's kind of 
a vibe, though, no? No, it's yeah. not a vibe at all. He's they're just smi- the They're just smiling and cheering him on because he signs the check smalls. They don't actually think what he's doing is cool or entertaining in any fashion. This is an instance where they're probably laughing at him more so than laughing with him. I don't understand the clench fist, the punching down. He looks like he's having a stroke. I, I don't know <laughs> what's happening right now. Let me see if I right can now. do it. Let me see if I can do okay. it. Hold on. I'm going to move Camera my chair. All right. Why do you want to Oh, here we go. That? A little Meek Mill. I, you got to punch I, down I, more. I don't, punch I don't, down. That, I don't, I don't want to say what that looks like. <laughs> can you show this? <laughs> I don't want to say what that looks like. It's a family program. <laughs> That's what I thought, too, until I just saw what Evan was doing. Well, I, I don't feel, know what you want I me to do. I feel so uncomfortable. I want you to not try to emulate Jim Irsay. Right now, I feel like I need to walk down the hall and find HR. Nobody knows the where The HR department, is. <laughs> where nobody knows where I HR is. I don't know what anyone does Nobody, here, nobody knows where HR is. But you know what I'm saying. It made me highly uncomfortable what you just tried to do. All right, the that next one. That was very unsportsmanlike. Keep it moving. Let's, let's see if this one Keep makes you moving. uncomfortable. I got one here. Joe Burrow, did you notice him during the game last night, Sunday Night Football, their win against the uh, Buffalo Bills? He had a bloody finger. I did see that. And he was sucking his bloody finger. You don't do that? No. If my finger is bleeding, do I suck my bloody finger? No. No, Smalls. I got a Band-Aid. Well, sometimes you have to do that to stop the bleeding, no? No, it's like called if you a get napkin. A paper cut? No, it's called a, 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 a cotton swab, a little cotton ball. What if you don't have a cotton swab? Well, get a piece of tissue, You've paper towel. You've never done that. You get never. a paper I did that when I was a kid, not when I'm a grown man. I'm not saying it's the preferred route. Drinking just... my own blood, not something no, I've exactly. ever done. This ain't Twilight New Moon. What are you talking about? We ain't, we ain't vampires. <laughs> Wait, I love that you went Twilight, comma, New Moon. <laughs> <laughs> not the just the thing? regular Twilight. I, I don't know. Twilight, New Moon. Not All right, not uh, familiar with the franchise. So we have we have the Ursay dance. We have sucking your own blood in the finger. Okay. We also have uh, Jerry, our TV producer, submitted this one. So this CJ McCollum, unfortunately, of the Pelicans yesterday, they revealed that he has a partially collapsed lung. Oh man! And uh, Basketball Forever put out there the um, tweet that he has that partially collapsed lung, and it's just a random picture with his hand over his lung. <laughs> and then CJ, and CJ tweets quote tweets and says, this is an insane picture to post with the news. It is. But it does fit. Like, you're, you're matching the video and picture. And I don't know that you have to be doing that with a collapsed lung. No, the I agree. Of it. Yeah, I think that's just one of those where you show a regular stock photo of CJ McCollum and not something where he's grabbing his chest. I agree. Maybe just him walking on the court. CJ McCollum is absolutely right for being able to call that out. Like, hey, man, just... Sometimes, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Also, what did they do when they were searching through the images? Like what? what they had to look for. They had to look for that one. In the search, they had to look for that one. Like I did, I I did a search of CJ. That is not one of the first pics that pops up of CJ McCullough. They looked for that one. He's giving you the old Fred Sanford from Sanford and Son. Oh my gosh, the big one's coming! Like that's (laughs) not the one you want. When we're talking about a guy that has a collapsed right lung. Agreed. All right. Uh, for the last nominee, I do want to go to Nuno if he's available to do this. Because Nuno is a Giants fan. He yeah. loves the Giants. He loves everything about the Giants. And something happened with CeCe's former team the other day. Um, Nuno, do you want to set this up since this is your team and it makes your team look even funnier? So the disrespect that they showed our boy Chris Canty the other day, the Giants – don't have a kicker. They've added a kicker, right? Uh, Grant Gano had a uh, knee issue. He went on IR or IL, whatever the hell they call it nowadays. Mm-hmm. And they brought in a bunch of kickers the other day to, to you know, compete for jobs and everything. And so our friend Jordan Renan posted a video of them at practice. And what you will see is a Katie York uh, 
wearing the number 99. Ooh. Truly Uh-oh. disrespecting Chris Now, now why, why would they do that? You know why? They chose violence. So uh, <laughs> let's just provide context. So the Giants have a kicker wearing number Ooh. 99. CC, what position in sports do you like the least? Kickers. What number did you wear for the Giants? 99. Oof. Your Williams. thoughts. Hold on, Leonard, hold on. Leonard Williams Wait, had 99, too. I, just, I don't like the fact that they chose violence because this is clearly an attack on my take personal that kickers attack. aren't football players. And of attack. all the numbers that they could have given Kay York, they gave him 99. First of all, the guy's not a good kicker. So there's that part of it. The Giants actually added a kicker a week after having a kicker could have made the difference in them winning a game. And then on top of that, they choose to give him my number? Come on, man. Like, Look, look, man, I, I get it. I'm not in the ring of honor and all that stuff. But I was just at the building two weeks ago. So like they have, a, they have a photo next to a Super Bowl trophy with me as one of the team captains at Super Bowl 46. I'm in the history books. I'm on one of the banners for a Super Bowl team. The least you could do is not give a kicker my number, knowing how I feel about kickers. Personal I don't understand. I'm personally attacked. I don't know if it's Pat Hanlon that did it. I don't know who was responsible oh, your name for it. The I don't PR know guy. who called the code red, but damn it, I feel a way about it, and I don't like it. We got to get to the bottom of this. We got to get to the Who's bottom of it. Who's responsible for this? I, I have know. one other nominee, actually, now know. that I think about I it. I don't know how much they're going to be using the kicker, though. They actually have to score to use the kicker. Maybe, kick though. Off. Wow. Just kick wow. off. Wow. I don't Hold know. on. You can use the punter for that. <laughs> can we do a positive spin here? Real 99 problems? Oh, 99 problems. But maybe, CC, they'll have your number. And the kicker will all of a sudden become very important and crush at their job. They'll embody I don't, I don't, your I essence. I don't think that number can save Cage York. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't. If that's what the, if that's what he was hoping for, I don't think that's gonna work, boss. One other nominee. Forgot What's to mention. Up? On the field yesterday in Germany before the Dolphins and Chiefs game, Tyree Kill goes up to his former coach yep. Andy Reid and starts poking him in the belly. Could you imagine doing like? Can you imagine you all of a sudden you see Parcells and you're like, "Hey, coach!" and you start poking him in the, the belly. The video outrageous. I would never do that. I, nobody in their right mind but, but, would do such a thing. But here's the thing, though, and I get that those are, are long lasting relationships, and they're going to be you know close Here we go. even <laughs> after both of them are done you know, with the game of football. But here's the deal: you just said in an interview that you did earlier in the week that we gonna get this work and that you are gonna bust our ass. I don't want you poking me in my belly before the game. Like, I, like that, that's such a disingenuous moment hugging him because, like, I, I, at that, in that time and space, all I'm thinking is we're going to kick your ass because of what you said. Your, your mouth wrote a check that your ass can't catch. That's all I'm thinking about. So when I saw the video, I thought – Tyree Kills doing it, obviously, in like a friendly, jovial way. But what's Andy Reid going to do? He can't catch him. Like, if he hadn't felt a certain type of way about it. <laughs> now, that would be funny. You know I mean? That would be funny. There will be no consequences. But he, but he can't give him the Heisman, though. <laughs> like he goes in to give him the hug, and he's like, oh, I'm going to get his stiff arm. Remember Andy Reid from the punt pass and kick competition. Oh, God, yeah. That's right. Where he looked like he was about four or five years too old to be in said competition. I'm, I'm just saying, give him a little stiff arm. Like, hey, bro, like, we'll talk after the game. Much, much bigger picture thing, but I'm telling you, in Life leaning into schlubbiness helps. And Andy Reid just sitting there and taking the pokes in the belly helps. Laughing with people instead of them at, at him, I think it helps. So you felt like that was an advantage for the Chiefs last night? 
Yeah, he okay. is leading into the schlubbiness. Okay. All Greeny right. coming up next. We are on to Tuesday. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.